You ever seen Man on the Moon? I have not seen Man on the Moon. You really need to watch that. What is it about? A Man on the Moon? No, it's about the comedian who you're probably not familiar with, Andy Kaufman. No, I'm not familiar with. Jim Carrey plays him to absolute fucking perfection. In fact, after you watch Man on the Moon, if you enjoy that, which I know you as a movie viewer, you will enjoy it. You'll like it. I mean, you've got maybe a we'll comedian. watch it to uh, maybe we'll watch it tonight. Yeah, a comedian playing a comedian has to be it has to be good. They did a whole documentary though that came out. I think it was this year, or maybe late last year, about how Jim transformed himself into Andy. And it's all a bunch of behind-the-scenes footage from the movie, which inspired me to watch the film again, a film I really liked when it came out. It's phenomenal. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, we'll throw that on tonight. That sounds like something I'd totally watch. I have a, you know, in fact, going back to where BitFace started, there's a long list of shit that you still need to watch. And it only is going to get greater as we continue hanging out because I think I watch more movies than you do. And so not only am I, am I turning you on to shit that I saw when I was a kid, I'm turning you on to stuff or trying to turn you on to stuff that I'm watching now. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's it's kind of a perpetual cycle because as I go back and watch some of these things you're turning me on to, you're watching new stuff that I'm not caught up on. So, you know, I have to, I have to get there, man. <laughs> Everything Sucks on Netflix, not a movie, but a TV show. I was going to ask is you excellent. All I, right. I've already finished it. Yeah. You said two sittings. Two sittings, and that should tell you everything you need to know, because I do not, you know me, I'm not a binge watcher. I think the last one that was two sittings was either Future Man or Glow for you? Glow was two, Future Man was three. Okay, so I mean, it's up there. And Future Man was three, because I wanted to savor that like a wonderful meal. Glow, I binged right through it. I don't know what it was about Glow, but I really wanted to see where the characters ended up future man. I didn't really care where the characters ended up. I just, I knew every episode was going to make me laugh very hard. That's why I loved it. But everything sucks. I don't think you're like a lot of things. I don't think you're going to get a lot of the references because it takes place in 1996 and you were four. Uh, No, come on. (laughs) I was seven (laughs) (laughs) and I was close. (laughs) I, uh, I was looking at it and it kind of looks similar like the the picture of the uh the poster almost looks like breakfast club i think that's what they they went with you know i haven't looked at the poster but isn't it them sitting on a bunch of vhs tapes yeah the show brings me back i mean because it takes place when i was in college but these kids are obviously in high school but the technology i remember what it was like back then and there's a lot of uh, jokes surrounding that but you know what this episode is not about any of this shit (laughs) They didn't have this kind of technology to do what we're doing now. No, we actually, uh, we went into this episode cold tonight, even though we do have a plan. On that note... Welcome to BitFaced. Sorry that we've been gone for the past couple weeks. It's not because we haven't wanted to. Uh. <laughs> you can tell I've been gone for the past couple weeks, but it's not because we haven't wanted to record. Not only have I been very sick for the past two weeks, 
but we actually got winter here in Colorado Springs, and we had a couple scheduled episodes that we unfortunately had to reschedule uh, or postpone, I guess, in the case of, of one postpone, reschedule, however you want to say it. Those episodes will be coming up. We just weren't able to tape because my southern ass is not going to make anybody drive in the snow. As soon as you say, Eric, I'm not driving because it's snowy, I have no retort for you. So if you ever want to get out of plans with me, just hope that it snows. Or just tell Eric it's snowing where you're at. And I, I, I normally won't come there unless it's fucking Doug's where every time I go to Doug's, I end up getting caught in some uh, giant storm. Right. You're like driving through blizzards to go see Doug. It taught me a lot, though, about driving in winter conditions. So that was an important trip for me. Before we get into our topic today, and we do have a topic Tyler and I are going to discuss. I want to know, Tyler, since we haven't been on the mics in a little while. One of your favorite franchises just released a sequel. What do you think about Monster Hunter World? I absolutely love Monster Hunter World. And its I've seen articles about everyone who is a fan of the game. And they took everything that was good or bad about Monster Hunter and they made it better. So if you've been a fan since 2004 on PS2, Monster Hunter World is just like it's basically like jumping from, you know, era to era, you know, you go from PS2 to now PS4 and you're finally back on an actual console instead of a handheld. And that alone is such a huge advantage over being on a handheld. So previously to this, it's only been on Sony console, one of the titles and then portable. Yeah, it was on PS2 in 2004, the original monster hunter. And then it went to PSP And then, most recently, it went to, well, I guess there was one small bridge where it was on the Wii and Wii U, but those were kind of underpowered consoles by Nintendo. Uh, But otherwise, it was on the 3DS and the DS systems. And you're really liking the game. I didn't think the game was that impressive, but I am certainly in the minority. Not only have the reviews been amazing, but... I know a lot of people uh, that I respect as gamers are really enjoying the title. I just didn't like it, man. It's too Fantasy Star Online. When you call something Monster Hunter World, I want a world to play in. And I didn't feel like that. I felt like I was going into a bottle every time to fight the monsters, which the combat is brutal. It just doesn't have the weight to me. Does that make sense? When I hit something, it doesn't feel like my sword's hitting it like it does in Bloodborne or Dark Souls, which is what you guys sold. The reason I picked up the game is you guys were like, oh my God, Eric, it's Dark Souls with monsters. Sold. Didn't you tell me that you were fighting with the uh, the sword and shield? Or what no, I have the there? double blades is the, okay. the setup I had before I sent the game back to Gamefly. That's what I'm using now. And... I can absolutely see your perspective of not feeling like you're hitting hard with those weapons because they are the weakest hitting weapons. They feel flimsy and they're very close range. So it's tough when you're fighting big monsters. It does feel a lot more like it when you're wielding like a great sword or the long sword and it takes, you know, a couple seconds to swing through and you do, you feel a bigger hit. Like instead of doing, like you said, you know, four damage scaling up to like my character per hit, on like crits are only doing 20 damage but like a great sword is hitting for 100 you know 150 like you're hitting for a lot of damage but it's a lot slower don't take my word for it guys play monster hunter uh, especially with friends is uh, the other thing i've heard and i i got to play with you and freak that bitch out tome and had a really good time so 
Yeah. And I think if you ever get a chance to, when there's nothing else out and you just pull it back out, uh, you know, from Gamefly, we'll run you through more stuff. Uh, Freak That Bitch Out Tome has played over 200 hours. He's what's called Monster Hunter rank uh, like 100 uh, and so it's it's ridiculous. He has played. Should I call him out here that every time I get on the PlayStation and I click on his name, it's like "Freak that bitch out." Tome has been in the party for eighteen hours, and I see that frequently. It's not like I just see that on Saturday night when we're all gaming and stuff like that. So he, I know he has put a lot of time in it, but that's how that's how he does things, man. It's it's all or nothing with him. You're right. He doesn't get the experience of all the different games because he he does. He he spends Destiny 2 came out and he spent all of his time on Destiny 2. Monster Hunter came out and he spent all of his time on Monster Hunter. And so you know when he picks up a game and he likes it, he's going to play it through to end game and he's going to continue playing. Well, one game I think you and him and our listeners will all like, believe it or not, is by a studio and this won't ring any bells to you, Tyler. I'll be shocked if you could name a game that the studio made. But the studio is called Chemco. It actually does sound really familiar, but I cannot name a game that they've made. Now, they might have made something recently that you have played, so I'm not being fair to you. But I know Chemco as the studio that back when I was a kid made the shitty NES Superman title. <laughs> they also did a racing game called Top Gear pre the TV show Top Gear. And they did, they must have the Bugs Bunny license because they have like 12 different Bugs Bunny titles. Anyway, not a studio that when I see their name on a box that I'm really stoked about picking up their title, but Dragon Sinker is phenomenal. If you're a fan of side-scrolling, not side-scrolling, sorry, um, turn-based RPG, like Final Fantasy. Yeah, top-down, party-based, turn-based you know rpg strategy game very simple uh title but very very engaging i think you guys would really dig it so that's kind of what i'm playing right now also i do want to mention iconoclast made by joaquin sandberg and also bifrost entertainment one of those games that's kind of made and envisioned by one guy it's a metroidvania title check it out it's one of those games watch the trailer if you like the trailer you're going to like the game. I'm also playing Crossing Souls by 4Attic, which... Crossing Souls kind of looks like you're... To me, it looks like you're playing Stranger Things, <laughs> the game, almost. It is very similar to Stranger Things. And the nostalgia in the game almost hits you on the head, and it kind of gave me a bad taste. Like, when is when is this going to be enough? When can referencing E.T. or Poltergeist that can't pass as as your entire title. And that's what the game is. It is chock full of 80s references. And the sad part, and I don't know about uh, Crossing Souls in particular, but the sad part is some of these games almost use that as like a buffer and, or an excuse for like bad gameplay mechanics because it's retro, right? So I don't know if they do something similar, but I've seen that in, in retro style games. It's It's okay. It's a $10 title, so I don't really regret picking it up, but it got me thinking about how how much more are you guys going to mine from my youth before you come up with an original idea? Uh, and to that point, in you know 20 years, are we going to see people <laughs> using content from today as as retro themes? Oh, absolutely. Everything comes back, Tyler. That's going to be so weird to see. I, I can't even imagine how it feels it's it's an odd 
odd thing for me to think about at my age. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to go back to being able to tell the kind of jokes that Doug Kenny uh, was able to tell in the National Lampoon. That movie was so good. Before we get to the topic today, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we can talk a little bit about that. A Futile and Stupid Gesture on Netflix, starring Will Forte, right? Yeah. Yeah. I always get him and Will Arnett confused. Not their people, but the names. Yeah. Like, as soon as you said Will Arnett, I was like, wait, I know who that is. Uh, That's the guy from... Job. Yeah, Job. And Lego Batman. Yeah. But it's about... the, The movie's about the birth of National Lampoon Magazine up through Animal House and Caddyshack. If you haven't seen the documentary drunk stoned brilliant dead you can start there or you can start with a futile and stupid gesture tyler you did you did the documentary first i think i did i think it's worth watching the documentary first because then you see a lot more kind of i guess it's not so acted you know it's a documentary uh but then it's it's a hundred percent worth watching a futile and stupid gesture because it's the ending what happens right at the end just blew me away. It just enveloped the whole movie and just threw me like into my seat. And it was like, here, now you know what this was all, all about. All the performances are great. Dom Hall Gleason as Henry Beard, especially. I, I would, all of them are great. There's not a bad actor in the bunch. David Wayne directed the movie. Uh, he is from the state, which is why you see Joe Latruglio. Um, in the flick, uh, as well as some other state members. God, why can't I think of his name right now? Lieutenant Dangle. Uh, I can't think of his name either, but that's who... Uh, he plays Michael O'Donohue yeah. in the flick. God, and I ha- I own this guy's book. I am so sorry, Thomas Lennon, that I forgot your name, but I just remembered it. Pushing that darn gopher. <laughs> that Well, that's Latruglio, is pushing the gopher. Lennon oh. plays the crazy guy in the office with the dynamite, Michael O'Donohue. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The guy that has the filing card carrier full of jokes. Yeah. So so check that out. So started the show today giving you guys a bunch of stuff that we're playing and a, one thing that we're watching, uh, and I definitely recommend two things, well, I guess, yeah, we're watching. I was going to say, and everything sucks, which I need to check out. So in the past couple weeks in the video game, I don't know, I don't want to call it industry. What would but, you call it? Like our scene? Yeah, the video game scene, I guess. Our the video game culture the video game video game culture yeah past couple weeks i'd say the past three weeks a lot of things have come to light based on people's records and if you've never watched the documentary the king of kong go back and watch it and only because some of the things i'm going to be referencing refers to the king of kong but anyway the organization in this country that handles the records is twin galaxies. In fact, we've got a twin galaxies poster actually in the bit cave from one of their first events. Yeah. I'm checking it out right now. Don't know if that's going to be staying up too much longer after today's show. (laughs) They might ask us to take it down because one of the most famous gamers, in fact, the self-proclaimed and that's important to mention self-proclaimed king of gaming. Todd Rogers has been completely debunked and wiped from the Twin Galaxies record book. And he held more records, I think, than anyone. And that, in fact, that was one of his records, is that he had the most records. Yeah, he had uh, Guinness World Records. And if you, prior to, it was late January when they finally banned him from Twin Galaxies and took down all of his records. If you had looked, he had astounding 
numbers. Like he was beating people's by unbelievable like leaps and bounds in some of these games. And as it pointed out, and hang on, I'm trying to find the guy's name because I want to give him credit because he's the one that kind of sent us down this uh, this road. Apollo Legend. If you go on YouTube, if you want more than the condensed version Tyler and I are going to give you today, go on YouTube and watch some Apollo Legend videos. Look, Just look for the Todd Rogers one. He's got a really good explanation of how all this works. But basically, when Todd and Billy Mitchell and Brian Koo and all those guys were setting records, video games were not what they are now. They're not even close. If you would have told me back when I was a kid, when Todd Rogers was setting these records, that someone would be, be winning a million dollars for a Dota tournament, or uh, what's the highest prize pool, Tyler? You know all this shit. I think I think Dota was the highest with a, a couple million dollar prize pool. So Dota 2, but beyond that, uh, Overwatch probably pulls maybe the second highest at this point. So gaming has gone from bragging rights and maybe like a a serial deal or something to big business i mean dota was featured on espn like it is it's not a little thing anymore these are you know people are tuning in to watch sports and they get video games so now that there's all this money in it and because speed running has become a huge focus not a focus when i was younger there might have been some speed running records i mean it's probably been going on for a while but not to the extent that it does now. Well, these speedrunners brilliantly have been breaking down video and breaking down times and breaking down what the game can actually do. And they have found, like, now in Todd Rogers' case, some of his records, my nephew could have disproved by doing simple math that when the score can only end in 10, 50, or zero, and you've got a score that doesn't match that, problems. Problems. That's huge problem, and that's like a a rookie error. Like, it's like <laughs> you you don't even try. Like, did you did you ever touch the game to know like what would be reasonable? What do other people have in this game? And then you put some number like four hundred fifty nine million three hundred seventy three. Did you look at the spreadsheet? It wasn't by Apollo Legend, but another gamer put it together. I don't think I have his name here. Uh, but anyway. He measured out like, okay, if I can get 200,000 in an hour, it took him 62 days to get this score. And that that's a super exaggeration, but you, you saw what I'm saying, Tyler. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a certain amount of points, and they don't, in a lot of the games at that point in time, they didn't exponentially start increasing as it got harder. So now that people are really questioning these scores, Todd, pretty easy to take down. You wouldn't think after you watched The King of Kong that Billy Mitchell would come into question. Not that I'm not slighting Todd at all, but when you look at Billy, he seems like a guy. I mean, he runs his own hot sauce company, uh, even though I heard he makes it with MAME. He, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for you. I was like, okay, I'm just going to let that one go. Um, he seems like a pretty, pretty respectable guy. He might come off as an asshole, and he definitely does in the movie, but he seems like a respectable guy. Now, his records are being called into question because according to, I don't know if this is necessarily a speed running thing, but MAME, and I'm not even going to get into what MAME is. Look it up, guys. Uh, I, I know what it is because, or you want to explain it, Tyler? Yeah, I can go into it just really briefly because I, I want to bring up kind of why it's being called into question. There are the videos that are 
being found by Billy Mitchell because they were called into question and uh, people are, are pulling up the, the renderings of these videos. And what MAME is, is it's an emulation software, basically. So you can run, it's kind of like our Raspberry Pi. You can run Nintendo 64 games, you can run NES games, you can run, you know, whatever game console you want to run on here, and you can run all the games from it. But because it is run on a, a better hardware, it usually loads in a different manner. It's coded to load in a different manner. So on his video, you'll see that everything loads in sporadic chunks. It'll load all of the stage and then all of the assets after that. Whereas if you watch a video of the old Atari system loading in... You mean the... Uh, and I, I, this is only your age. The is. old arcade cabinet. Yeah, yeah. The old arcade cabinet. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the Atari system is what's sitting over there, Tyler. I, I think it it probably you know might have had the same issue though. It would load assets in from left to right, and uh, that's that's actually pretty easy to prove too. Because if you break down uh, like Super Mario, it does it loads from left to right, line by line, and so you see stuff load in in a different order than these videos that Billy Mitchell are providing. Yeah, and according to uh, according again to Apollo Legend, who he's he's pretty good. He's kind of like the Polybius video. I I haven't like done too much research on Apollo Legend, but what he says makes sense to me, and it works out. But he even has a video where Billy claims to beat the Donkey Kong score, and then they have a professional there pull the board out and then put a Donkey Kong Junior board in, and he beats that score. But the problem is, and I wouldn't have noticed this unless somebody pointed it out to me, it's the same damn board. They uh-huh. pull out a board. You don't see the switch. Which, come on, if you're going to show us doing that, don't. Why Just, not show yeah, it the best part? Hold both boards and nope. Puts the same board back in. And then Billy was recently on a show, and fuck, I had the guy's name here. One of the most. In fact, Tyler, I want you to watch this show. Okay. Because it's going to give you hope for our little podcast here. Because this guy is the garbage dick of host. His name is Eastside Dave, and Eastside Dave, you're terrible. And you have way more listeners than I do. And I'm not on this show to spew hate, but good God, could you have asked Billy Mitchell any more softball questions? Did you have time during the questions to pull Billy Mitchell's dick out of your mouth? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Billy went on there and denied everything and says, well, there is a tape. And then even his story doesn't match up. He says, after I beat the record, I turned around and shook this guy's hand. And then in another interview, he says, well, guy wasn't there, but he called me on the phone. So there's already problems with it. And then this brings us, Tyler, even to the bigger problem. And that is this. How can you have an organization that is the judge, jury, and executioner of the scores where the people that are submitting the scores are also the judges? Imagine this. I just kind of got you a little bit into football this year. Yeah. Imagine if a guy throws a touchdown pass and then runs out in the middle of the field and calls pass interference. <laughs> The same dude. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't understand that at all. It's you can't have people validating their own scores. That's in any walk of life. You you can't you can't validate your own achievements if you're trying to say that they're the greatest or they're better or they're worthy of something. You have to have someone who can acknowledge that. Otherwise, it means nothing. And I think honestly, I'm going to make a prediction here. This is this is the end 
of Twin Galaxies. I think they will still exist in some form or fashion. The person I feel the sorriest for is Walter Day, the guy that sent me that poster, the guy that started all of Twin Galaxies. I don't think this is what he intended. I think when he started Twin Galaxies, he really wanted an organization that would respect skill and integrity in the arcade. From what we have seen by two of the highest... Pri- not priority. Uh, what would you say? Like prestige in the organization? Yeah, are bullshit. Um, Todd definitely. Billy, I still want to kind of believe that there's hope there. He holds. So I mean, first off, anyone who looks like Joe Dirt and and holds like the twentieth highest score in Donkey Kong, and that's playing live, is a good gamer. We can recognize that. And I'll also make the point that a lot of Twin Galaxies friends and family have been making. That without King of Kong, without Billy Mitchell, would we even be competing? Would we be playing? I say we would be. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. As games progress, people get more. I've seen just from you know my level of entry into video games, into where they are now, the competitive scene jump immensely. And I, I think that's what has happened is, dude, there's money now. Now it means something, and now someone wants that record. And if I can prove that your record is bullshit, then my record is good. I have no problem with it. So be it, man. If you cheated to get a record on a video game, fuck you. Fuck you. I, Dude, seriously, it's not... If you are going to just have proof, man. Just have proof. Nowadays, you're going to have to have proof. But the other problem I'm seeing is some of these speedrunners, not the well-respected ones... But they're sending in spliced runs. In fact, I just watched a video about the record time on Super Meat Boy stood for a year before they were able to see how Bandage Girl's arms loaded to tell that the guy spliced the video together. Yeah, that's tough. I I would say, like, if you're trying to record, set up a camera behind you. Let me see you playing this. And I guess you could still splice in a small image of a video with yourself sitting there playing it, but it's going to take a lot more effort. If you're going to take all the time and effort to do this, learn how to cheat, I guess, is my first advice to you. But secondly, how does the record even mean anything? How does how does Todd Rogers call himself the king of gaming when it was all bullshit? I don't, I don't know. And like to your point, like this Super Meat Boy record, what is, is it a pickup line? Like, hey, I hold the... <laughs> The Super Meat Boy <laughs> world record. Like, what's the point of cheating to put that up on a board? You can pick a girl up with Super Meat, but not the Super Meat Boy record. <laughs> we might have to cut that. <laughs> no, I, 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 think, I think that's pretty accurate, you know? If you're going to cheat, like you said, learn to cheat right, and why even waste anyone's time? Yeah, I don't know how much more I have to say about the subject. Where are we at on time? We're right at about uh, right at about half an hour. Okay, twenty six minutes. I I just somebody's gonna have to take over. I don't think anyone's gonna ever believe the Twin Galaxies name ever again. Well, and Twin Galaxies has apparently done so much more shady stuff than than just allow these people to cheat. There is a there was at one point, and there are still screen caps of it where Twin Galaxies pulled in all the rule sets and all of these different things for uh, speed runs from a website called speedrunners.com and legitimately they credited themselves they said you know created by twin galaxies 
until a bunch of the people from the speedrunning community were like, wait, 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 I wrote that. <laughs> and so it's a little shady. Why, why, why do shady stuff like that? It's, it's damaging a reputation. I think the video game industry needs credibility. I think scores do mean something, even if it is not getting you women, even if it is just bragging rights. I think video games take skill. I think that a high score should be respected as I respected Todd Rogers and Billy Mitchell and uh, and all these guys. I was going to say Steve Wiebe, but he hasn't been proven to, to be a cheater yet. And, and Steve, I hope you never are. And thanks for being friends with me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But you should see how much these other Twin Galaxies players defend this. They don't think that Rogers is a fraud. They don't think Billy Mitchell cheated. And it's almost like like Caddyshack, dude, the old boys club that needs to be shaken up. It, it does. And maybe we get to a point where if you're going to go for world record runs, you know, practice and then do that shit live. Yeah, and they talk about that. in, uh, And Billy even says that in King of Kong, it doesn't matter unless it's done live. And then he sends in a tape. <laughs> That's pretty weak. <laughs> and I, I agree with you. In, in fact, I've never gone for any sort of record. But when I was playing those Mega Man speed runs, those are all recorded. They're all recorded. Well, yeah, and that's it gets harder to it gets harder to fake that kind of footage as it's recorded and and preserved on a console nowadays. So games nowadays will be a lot harder to you know cheat. And that's, I mean, that's how the dragster score got taken down. They broke into the damn code and <laughs> determined that it was impossible. And Todd Rogers had famously claimed for years that he was able to start the car in second gear through some trick he knew, and that's how he got the score. Yet a couple months back, he was asked to reproduce it live, and the joystick wasn't working, or I just can't get it to do it right now. Yeah, well, of course you can, because you fucking lied about it. <laughs> Uh, but there are a lot of people who are defending or trying to defend, I think it's that record in particular, saying that it could have been an Activision-specific console. or was. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to – that's one of the defenders and also another one of my, my Facebook friends. I just don't see when you can see the evidence in front of your face, it's not legit. And why would you want it to be legit? And, you know, one of our friends made a good point that, like, well, if it was me – you would defend me to a point I would. But Tyler, if you were like, dude, I beat kingdom hearts in two hours and 30 minutes. Show me that shit. Yeah. And, and I'm your friend. <laughs> I, Pe- it, people on the internet would tear you to pieces. Absolutely. And we, we do that right now. We call each other out on, on all sorts of our bullshit. Uh, and if regardless of, if it was an Activision specific console, there should be some kind of regulation saying, hey, man, this is the only type of console we'll accept a record on because if it's designed differently to help you get a better score, then that's unfair to people who don't have access to that kind of technology. And uh, before we'll, we'll close out tonight, but uh, yeah. I, I, did, uh, I did bring a quote to kind of close this bit with. All right. And I'm going to do my best to read it because I've tried to read it out loud four times now and I haven't gotten through it yet. But if you watch King of Kong, the head referee is a guy named Robert Merchek. Very intriguing dude. In fact, a dude, I don't know if I'd want him to be my friend, but I'd definitely like to have him on the podcast sometime. 
Um, that's not me saying that he's creepy because Tyler, you can be kind of creepy sometimes, but <laughs> at least I'm not creepy. <laughs> wow. Really taking it back. But yeah, before, <laughs> after, after the quote, we'll kind of close out with some things that are coming up here. But, uh, okay. so this was a quote about Todd Rogers record from the head referee at twin galaxies, Robert Merchek. It is with great regret that the foundations of my steadfast faith in this nearly legendary performance of five, 51 seconds on dragster has been shaken severely by recent empirical and hard data accumulated by numerous sources and technical experts across the past several months. Even the head referee of your organization admits that you're full of shit. Yeah. And like you said, empirical hard evidence. Like that's, that's what it is. When you get handed that, what do you say? Like uh, the sun keeps us warm. No, it doesn't like yeah and uh that's what we do here on bitfaced we want to we want to wade through the pop culture fluff so we will be at well i shouldn't say we <laughs> you want to talk about about kobold con a little bit yeah we have uh we have some different stuff coming up throughout the year uh we're gonna make it to kobold con Eric has some prior commitments so he won't be there but i'm gonna try to bring on some fabulous sub co-hosts temporary replacements if tyler gets who we want to replace me you guys are in for a treat you're going to get better than than normal bit faced and that's what i want to provide when i planned this trip to see my sister i did not realize kobold con was the same weekend unfortunately i have already bought plane and concert tickets yeah so there's not really going back and guys i'm going to see weird al yeah and that's coming up in may so you still got some time before that uh, we have all sorts of movies that we'll probably be bringing up on the podcast. You want to talk soon. about Panther just for a second, or yeah, you know, I did my full review on Tap and Geek Out, which is actually not going to come out before this. So, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Is is if you guys want to, you know, it is a partner po- uh, podcast, so support us here, support us there. Check out Tap and Geek Out when that comes out. But Black Panther was good, but I think it's receiving too much hype. It's almost like. You know what I did for you with Thor Ragnarok? I overhyped it. And it's happened before. And it happened on a global <laughs> scale for Black Panther. It is great. Everything it stands for. Go is, see it. Yeah, everything it stands for is great. It's worth watching in theaters. It is a phenomenal superhero movie. But it's not the best by leaps and bounds. I think we can just leave it there then. Again. If you want to hear what I thought about Black Panther and you want to hear two guys that are way smarter than me talk about Black Panther, head on over to uh, to Tap In Geek Out. That episode should be up this week. So if you're following both casts, we really appreciate that. And whoever our fan is in Great Britain that sent me a message, you are awesome. And I'm sorry I can't remember your name right now, but thank you so much. That absolutely made my week. It made me get through... Uh, a couple weeks of sickness, which is hopefully gone, man. I made it through the whole episode without coughing. Maybe it's this scarf courtesy of, of Adam Gumbert's Skyle Department. Uh, there Sky, we go. Skyle Department. Skyle Department. I'm, I'm Skyling and profiling. Across from me, not often enough nowadays, but that's going to change. Tyler, run TRG Glaze, the chairman of the soundboards. I am Eric G. Hollis, and we never fucking cheated. <laughs>